93.3 and the Heat 94.6 brings back the hottest hip-hop radio show live from KLP Entertainment and KLP Studios. It's KLP Aftermath. Morning with your host, KLP Kennedy Lucas and Rocco Styles. You know what it is. Put your hands up. Tune in now on any audio platform. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everybody got to grind, you know, hustle in the blood. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome. KLP Aftermath, Rocco, Simone, T. <laughs> welcome back, y'all. It's another glare, glorious, glorious week. Come on. Gotta get it hot, you can. Come on. This beat is dope. Getting off the street. I go to work. I do. I go to work. Gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the podcast. We're gonna get started in a minute. Wake that ass up, y'all. It's Wednesday, it's hump day. January 31st, a couple days before we hit February. Hey, hey, I go to work. Welcome back to the one of the many shows we do here at KLP Entertainment, our highly anticipated KLP Aftermath podcast. This is the audio version of the show. Uh, like I say, you know, this is KLP Aftermath. I'm your gracious and humbled and highly favored podcast panel broadcast host, KLP Kennedy Lucas. Now, to my right, we've got Rocco Styles, we've got Simone, we've got T up here in the studio. 
Uh, T is here to give us our latest in sports news. Uh, Mike D, he's out today. You know, it's always good to have some time off, right? We get it, you know, when it's time to take the time off. And he'll be back into the studio later on to give us more of his, his uh, insightfulness when it comes down to uh, our, our broadcast, our, our podcast show to, today. So, like I say, you know, he'll be back. Definitely, he'll be back. But welcome to uh, the podcast. I am so uh, gracious. I'm so humbled that you guys stuck with me. If you missed it last night or the other night, actually, I should say Monday night was really, really good. We did the KLP After Party podcast. Uh, we've got it officially on all audio platforms and on social medias all over the place. So if you guys missed it last night, uh, we had a great show, by the way. So I really, really thank you guys for staying tuned. Um, we're good. We're here. I'm super ready for it. Rocco, my co-host here today. Rocco, how you doing, my man? I'm doing good, Kennedy. It's really, really good to not only be here into the podcast, but, you know, to give you, I help you give you such another exciting show here today. Uh, it's your main man, Rocco Styles here from Atlanta. Shout out to all of the podcasters out there. Sierra, Sierra's my girl, my boo, my baby. We had a good weekend. Feels good to be back here in the studio for sure. So ready for another exciting podcast, ready for my, my takes here today because, I boy, do I have some takes for you, Kennedy. Oh, so hopefully you guys are staying warm. Uh, this is not a sponsor, but I always like to advocate this to a lot of people out there. I think both of us do. Um, be sure to drink plenty of water and drink a lot of emergency. Uh, I, me and Sierra, we go to the, and I, this, this sounds like an ad, but I promise y'all it's not an ad. We just do this because it's very, very, it's there. And I do recommend people going out and doing this kind of stuff and buying emergency powder, vitamin powder. And because you got to mix it into your drink so that way it boosts your immune system. So that way you do not get sick. You de Trust me, you don't want to be sick in today's world, right? It's getting hot and cold here in Atlanta. A couple weeks back it was cold and now it's, it's hot. It was hot today. It was nice breezy today. Good outside weather. Who knows, tomorrow might even be colder, right? So uh, the weather's playing tricks on us. I do think it's a global warming, uh, global warming, but we ain't gonna dab too much about that here on the show. But like I say, I'm good, Kennedy, ready for another exciting podcast. Blessed to be here as always, and it's always good to be back. So I'm ready. Yeah, it's always good to have you here, uh, uh, Rocco. I really, really appreciate everybody from... You know, from the bottom of, of my heart for just, you know, stay in tune for our show and just making sure and helping our show blossom to the uh, the, the world we've got for sure. So I, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. And I'm ready. I'm ready. So now we've got a new person here up in the studio. You know, he got kind of a deeper voice. And, you know, he's a, he's one of our producers here. Carl. Good to have you, Carl. Good to be here. I'm excited. Very, very excited for some things we got to do here for the show. And I'm ready. So the first topic, Kennedy, you want to talk about Tekken 8. So we're going to talk about Tekken 8. Go ahead, Kennedy. Yes, I want to talk about Tekken 8. Now, Tekken 8, let me tell you. And if you missed it on the latest KLP After Party podcast Monday night, because I, I kind of talked about it a little. Tekken 8. It's good. 
It's so good that IGN gave this game a 9 out of 10. Now, if you guys, and we talked briefly about it on the KLP After Party Podcast, but I wanted to dabble heavily into this game real quick because, you know, I don't want to spend a whole hour talking about this game because, you know, if you know, you just know. So Tekken 8 is available right now on PlayStation 5. That's where I've got my copy. And I'm, I've, I've fallen into the stigma of to where people, you know, when you buy games online, because you it's the comforts of your own home, you can just go on the app, buy a game, right? Boom, bam. Bam, you got the game, right? But I fall victim, victim into that because it's just faster, it's easier. And when I played the demo, guys, I genuinely enjoy the style of the game. I enjoy the um, 60 frames per second. I enjoy the quality. I enjoy the Unreal Engine of this game. This game is really, really good. Like, you're picking your characters. You're going through the story. And I might have mentioned it the other night, but... Yes, the story mode is a bit long, a little bit short, right? If you buy the game, and this is the case in point to our audiences uh, here, I bought the game on Friday, and I beat it on Sunday night. That's how quick the story mode is. It's three hours long. Obviously, I didn't go three hours straight because I had things to do this that past weekend. But if you are able to have fun enjoy the game and you've got three hours to spare you're gonna get it done i like this game based off the story story mode was amazing you kind of felt like you're watching an anime in a way because there is an anime about tekken on netflix i've seen it i need to finish it by the way but it's good it's one of those it's one of them it's one of those games that this is good it's a good storyline it makes sense i know a lot of people will say it's kind of rinse and repeat from all the other stories back in the previous Tekken games which i kind of agree with a little because yes it, it is you know it's kind of a copy rinse and repeat kind of thing there's you know the same kind of concept to where jen is figuring himself out and then he's going around the world for the tournament and he's trying to stop the evil person now being that this person is kazuya mishima is the the, the uh, villain in this one this is good I think Tekken and Bandai Namco, guys, I think Tekken came into the realization that this is a game that you're not going to put down. This is a game where you're going to go head to head to your friends if you have friends over. This is something that if you play online, you're going to go head to head online. There's going to be tournaments about this this game, too. So I would say to a lot of fan fan people of Tekken, don't go into this game thinking that the storyline is going to be long and don't go into this game only for the campaign mode you got to go into this game knowing that you're going to pick it up every time you have a friend over right me and my brother we haven't played this weekend because we've been busy but me and my brother we're going to go head to head you know in this game because i feel like you know i feel like we'll have a great time so this is a game where they want you to pick it up and they want you to have fun not only but to dabble into the multiplayer dabble into the uh online play right dabble on into the tournaments right because some people i don't know how they do it y'all but some people go in and they play this professionally and they make millions to be a professional video game player i could do that but some people do it right so 
I understand. I understand the, the scope of this game. The mechanics were pretty easy. I had mindset, and maybe that's why I beat it so quick, because let me tell you, when it comes down to the special style, special style is incredible, but I think special style is a little bit for uh, if you want to get it done quickly, and it's a little bit more excessive to, to people who may not be familiar with the classic Tekken game. It's kind of like a cheat code in a way, right? It's kind of like a cheat code in a way, the way you have it to where you're you're pressing your buttons and you're, you kind of can show what buttons you can press to make all different kinds of tricks and combos. You press the button and then it does it. One thing I did notice in special style, some of it, they did it for me. I don't know if it was special style. I don't know if it was part of the campaign, but they some of the parts they did it for me. Being that this game is so good, I have to point out the one jarring thing that everybody's been talking about. And now after playing it for a few hours this past weekend, guys, I completely understand what they mean. And I kind of hate it when video games do this to where they don't make the 60 frames gameplay mechanics throughout the entire game. So Tekken 8 has it to where some cutscenes are pre-rendered. I don't know if that's the right word, but rendered out to not the greatest style and they added too much of the film grain to where it kind of looks blurry in a way and i guess it's ex and it's expensive to make a cutscene in 60 frames per second in game engine and stuff that's expensive and that's very time consuming so i kind of understand the direction that they were going into they're not going to do all of that just for you to see a pretty cutscene, right but it is a little bit jarring because the color co color correction was just a tad bit off. But I mean, me being a film director, I, I noticed these things. But hey, their game made a nine out of ten. They're, they're selling copies, right? So I don't want to give them a bad critic when it comes down to that because they tried. But it is a bit jarring a little bit when the film grain is there a lot and it's heavy and the color correction is not the same. Right when the color correction is not the same, you'll catch it, you'll notice it, and that's the one thing that kind of was just like, uh, that kind of like, uh, they could have made that better. I think if they would have brought out the, they just added too much of the film film grain to me, in my opinion, what I caught for it to be film grained out, and then it's, it's some of the cutscenes are a little bit blurry, and you really have to watch. Now I know I just got some new glasses over the weekend. But my eyesight is not that terrible to where I catch up on these things and I see it, right? Um, that was the only jarring thing that I was just like, uh, I don't know about. But the in-game cutscenes, and with this, I mean, this is the in-game cutscene to where it was there and it's 60 frames per second so i i got spoiler alert to a lot of people so there's some cutscenes where you got two characters that are um doing their cutscenes. so you don't press nothing but they're battling for example for instance you got uh kazuma and jen at the final battle yes they do fight at the final battle spoiler alert and they're doing their moves they're kicking and punching each other doing it like they like they would in dragon ball z right Ah, wordplay there because that's the same company that makes the dragon ball z games so they're doing their whole little spin-off and their own little fight kung fu thing and they, that was very nice to see in 60 frames per second i got very excited when i saw that could they have made that throughout the entire game yes but it would have been longer for it to be released it would have been more expensive for tekken so i kind of understand that concept but it's good 
Um, I did like the one moment to where you're of sorts of rays of characters. You're playing King at one point. You're playing Raven at one point. You're playing as um, um, a Paul the other point. So it was the one chapter where you're kind of fighting the army and you're in a different, the camera's at a different angle and then you get to move around the map a little bit more. That play style, I really enjoyed it. I remember, it, I think it was either Tekken 5 or 6 that had that sort of gameplay style in the story mode to where you're kind of in third person mode a little and you're going around the map a little bit more. I do like that. I, I, I got to dabble some more into Tekken 8 to see if that's there to stay. But I do like that gameplay style. I thought it was very, very cool. A different dynamic, a different view of what you're seeing within the game. So like I say, it's good. I recommend people playing it, um, picking it up and playing it. But I, I do say to a lot of people, don't go into this game thinking that, hey, I just want to go into the game because of the story mode, because the story mode is rather quick. Um, we might, that's a might, I don't know. It's, it's a possibility that we might see you know an expansion we might see some dlc to expand the story mode a little bit more right i don't know we we might just see that but like i say it's very very good i enjoy it and i want people to pick it up and i want them to try it out and comment below what y'all think i really do yeah that's true kennedy i agree i play taken eight over the weekend as well um and it kind of got on sierra's nerves a little because um, you know the sound effects and you know we we have it to where in my house I have like a little gaming area to where you know I have my TV and my sound system and it surrounds the house so Sierra comes down uh, She comes down to say babe, what what the hell are you playing? That's so loud and I said baby, it's, it's taken eight You know we we got to play it because we're reviewing it for the show, you know, so and we're writing about it. So uh, I agree with Kennedy, guys. This is a game that, yes, it is true. You do not want to go into it thinking that you're going to be satisfied when it comes down to the, you know, the story vote of it. You know, you want to be satisfied within it comes down to with a lot of um, your online play and competition, like you mentioned, Kennedy, because that's where, that's where it's going to be at. That's where it's going to be sprawling from. So um, I do say to a lot of people, yeah, play this game, try it out as well. Um, it's good. I, I really do enjoy it. Now, I know we, we're going to keep things off to, to Tyrus to talk about our sports news of late. Um, but I want to talk about it because it's been all over news today. Now, obviously, I when I watch football, I never really want to watch so much of Taylor Swift when it comes down to it. But hey, as of a net worth of 2024, she got $1.1 billion net worth. So, of course, people are talking about it. Taylor Swift dates is dating uh, Travis Kelsey. And we do know that the chances, uh, chances, Kansas City Chiefs made it to the, 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 the Super Bowl, if you will. So, there's been some speculation. And speculation meaning that it's been out. Agencies are, are working really hard when it comes down to fake generated AI photos of said person. We all know about it being, um, not to get politically on the show, but you know, a lot of people talked about it to where there was a fake call from Joe Biden to New Hampshire to star votes for voting, which that's all I'm saying, because we're not a political show angle dibble. So much into that, but 
there's been some circulation, some photos going around that Taylor Swift, and this was an AI photo of Taylor Swift doing some pornography, and it's been all over the social media, it's been all over the internet. And it's wild to see how much AI has come, right? AI has came a long way. AI is, I, I got to say AI is kind of here to stay because AI is not going anywhere. Some businesses are making it better for AI. Some people are surviving based off AI. So, I mean, I commend businesses for, for adapting and changing and doing their thing when it comes down to AI in the programming. But it's also a coast. Oops, sorry, I hit the mic there. It's almost a coast, if you will, because AI, people are getting creative with AI, especially with voices, especially with images. People are getting so creative. Um, there will be a hearing from Facebook, TikTok, uh, Snapchat, Instagram. There, Everybody's going out to the, the uh, uh, there's some conference, Kennedy, to where they're doing a testament. They're testifying that, you know, their company is not practice. They're practicing uh, AI legally. They're not breaking the law. They're not exposing the celebrities and making a market out of these 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 celebrities and making money off these celebrities. Right? There is even a, a law that's still I don't know if it's been passed, but you know, to where artists can regulate AI from singing their own songs. Right? So it's a lot of effects when it comes to artificial intelligence and and things are being brought to the table. Um, but Twitter or X. I still call it Twitter. I know it's called X, but X made it to where they're limiting Taylor Swift searches to where, you know, this AI pornography image of, of Taylor Swift. Now, mind you guys, we haven't seen it. We, we just only heard about it. We haven't seen it, but it's out there and Twitter X, they're marketing to where they're not having it be searchable on their platforms. And I'm sure by now, Instagram and Facebook, they're making sure that they're uh, regulated to, to the most effect of it. So um, I don't think it's going to be out there for sure, but they're, I think they're doing that because Taylor Swift, like it or not, like it or not, because I know a lot of football fans are tired of seeing Taylor Swift in their sports highlight. Yes, when I be watching ESPN and, and sports news and sports related news, yeah, I get tired of it too. I do. I don't want to see Taylor Swift in my highlights of football. I, I just don't. That's just me personally. But Taylor Swift, she's very powerful. She's very powerful in this game. I read she made over $354 million for the Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs in merchandising alone. So the Chiefs understand the market. If you are dating a celebrity based off this res this research, based off 2024, a $1.1 billion net revenue from her, it's a no-brainer to work her and milk her like, man, I can't not call her a cow, but milk her like a cow to make sure that Joe Brand, the Chiefs, is making his money. Like it or not, because a lot of people are upset to see Taylor Swift in Swift's uh, highlights. But you've got to understand that NFL, right? Because NFL got a piece of the pie too. It's marketing. It's money that's being made from this one artist. 
let alone dating one of the football stars. So I do think there's going to go far. Um, look, if the if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, this was just Taylor Swift's year. Hey, I beat it just was. Do I want to see more of this in the future NFL seasons? No, absolutely not. But I mean, I and I applaud her for um her dating, you know, a, a football player because she's pretty. Like I'm not going to say that she's butt ugly. She's pretty, but it just it just becomes a little bit too much, right? It becomes a little bit excessive, and they're they're kind of milking this out as long as they can, and eventually it's going to get a little tiring. And when they, and, and I'm not saying when, because I never want to put evil on people, but if Travis Kelsey and uh, uh, Taylor Swift break up, that's going to be the highlight. Maybe even CNN might report on it, right? It's going to be that impactful. So, uh, but I do say to a lot of people, watch out for AI. AI is out there. It's coming. It's coming, Kelly. It's coming. Man, you got to say pause when you say stuff like that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, it is. It, yeah, it's it's if they if they break up, Rocco, then that's gonna be yeah. That's <laughs> CNN. I picture now TMZ, CNN, The Shade Room, NFL. <laughs> you know, everybody's reporting on it. Speaking of reports, we've got Simone Teague to give us our latest in hip hop news. Take it away, Simone. Over the weekend, actor Christopher B. Duncan would make headlines after defending his family from social media users online. The discussion would begin after Duncan shared a photo of himself along with the rest of his immediate family on Instagram. In the caption, he would reveal that his wife played Braxton's girlfriend, Cameron, known by fans as the GPS gal on the Jamie Foxx show. Now, the two have been together for over 25 years and have three children together. Many were shocked to discover the on-screen couple were together in real life. After sharing his family with his online fans, he would thank fans for their support and loving thoughts, but will also have words for those who negatively spoke on his interracial relationship. In a separate family post, Duncan would say, I want to thank all of you for the overwhelmingly kind responses to the photos of my family. It's clear that a lot of you weren't aware that Susan and I are married and have been together for over 25 years. In addition to all of the love in the comments section, of my posts and those people have shared on Facebook, it didn't go unnoticed that there's some hate and judgments out there as well. Many of you have asked me how I feel about those who stand in judgment of interracial relationships. Well, this post will give me an opportunity to address those questions. I've never lived my life to appease others, period. Love is a gift. Hate doesn't deserve attention. Yet, it's an ugly reality in life. If one doesn't like interracial relationships, then they shouldn't have one. In years past, I've dated black women, white women, and brown women. I adore and respect women, period, irrespective of race. My parents didn't raise me with blinders on when it comes to race and love. I hold my wife's hand with pride, joy, and profound love in my heart for her. She's an amazing, loving, bright, incredible, talented woman. Plus, I couldn't have asked for a better mom to our children. By the way, for those of you who aren't aware, she's done major leading roles on Broadway in years past. During one of the revivals of Greece many years ago, Susan played the leading role of Sandy alongside Rosie O'Donnell and Broke Shields. Her list of additional credits is extensive. Nothing but best wishes to everyone vibrating from a place of love, decency, and kindness. To those who aren't, I still wish you well. Peace. 
Duncan's caption received a lot of support and love from fans and peers like Terry J. Vaughn, who would react in the comments by writing, Love, beautiful people, beautiful spirits, beautiful love. Another social media user would say, Forget the haters. You and your wife managed to keep the family together in a world where people walk out daily. It takes work, courage, and loyalty to stay in love every day. Now, this isn't the first time Duncan would comment on his interracial relationship, nor was it the first time he would speak on the topic in general. Back in 2021, through an interview with Comedy Hype, Duncan would give his thoughts on whether or not someone can be pro-black while dating a white woman. So what do you guys think about Christopher B. Duncan's thoughts on interracial relationships and whether or not you can be pro-black while dating a white woman? Let us know in the comments below. Thank you so very much, Simone. You to go. Check her out on the Spectrum Podcast. By the way, if you missed yesterday's or the other day, Monday's Spectrum Podcast episode, y'all tripping. Now, uh, moving on to further, further news here. Um, we got to talk briefly about the, the Breakfast Club. I, look, I, I don't know what to think of this. I just, I don't know what to think of The Breakfast Club when it comes down to just hilarious. Now, congratulations, by the way, and we haven't been doing our air horns, but with this type of show, we don't really do air horns as much. But shout out to Jess Hilarious because, you know, she got the spot. She's the the new co-host of The Breakfast Club. Now, The Breakfast Club is a great show for us. We, we study from The Breakfast Club when we get ready to do our shows. But I got to say, this was a bit confusing. So if you guys don't know the story... The Breakfast Club, the Breakfast Club is, is it, it was very interesting because when it came down to the Breakfast Club wanting to do, you know, have just hilarious, do her thing. And it's to where it's not. She came out. She she co she guest co-hosted, right? Because they had her. They had Miss Pat. They had a whole lot of people be a part of the Breakfast Club because they're filling some people out to see potential um, buy-ins for who's going to do who's going to do what on the show, right? Just hilarious. She's been the most guest host, Rocco, on the Breakfast Club. And then, you know, I don't know if she just made a mistake and she came out and said she's the new co-host and she wasn't supposed to, but she announced it anyway. And then reports came out and say that she's not the host. Then she got mad, went on social media, called DJV and Charlamagne the God trash and disrespected the brand, disrespected our heart, right? And now she's the co-host. She's been officially announced by our heart that she's the co-host. I don't know if this was both parties got and kind of got confused or this was a marketing play. If it was a marketing play, I just don't know how effective this marketing play was. I just don't. I don't think this was good marketing play. If this was the market that they're trying to troll us and fake us, and we knew that Just Hilarious was going to do it, or because here's what I think, Rocco. I think they wanted Just Hilarious, and then at first they tried to jip her out her her quote, how much she will get paid for the Breakfast Club, right? And hence there was a very uncomfortable conversation. From, and not from DJ MV and Charlemagne, but maybe from executives that run the show. And maybe a little bit from our heart, too. Don't know. And there was a bit of an uncom uncomfortable conversation. And she trashed it, the brand, because of that uncomfortable conversation. 
And now they ended up reaching a number that she likes, and now she's the co-host. She agrees. That's what I think happened. I'm willing to put $10 on it, because, hey, I ain't a bad man, but I'm willing to put $10 on that debacle. Congratulations to Jess Hilarious, but how the way this got announced was not ideal. Not really. But like I say, congratulations. I love The Breakfast Club. I love our heart radio. We love them. Our heart radio is a big partner of ours. But how the way they went about it? Just trying to get this. In the, I, a lot of people were confused. A lot of podcasters, a lot of broadcasters, we were all confused. As broadcasters, we're so confused about how this deal went down. I'm still confused. I still don't understand it. But it's out there and it's out there. So coming up next, we got T with the latest in sports news. Take it away, T. You know, I've said all year about Brock Purdy. We have to contextualize it. Um, It's a great place to land as a quarterback. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, the best left tackle in forever, the best running back in football, the second best tight end, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. It's a great place to land. You could land in Carolina, or you could uh, land with a terrible coach. Brock Purdy landed in the perfect spot. But it should be noted, so did Trey Lance, and he couldn't get it done. So Brock Purdy deserves credit. There's two things that jumped out to me. First of all, that first half looked like the game was over. San Francisco never panicked down 24-10. They just kept feeding Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. They never lost their identity on Baltimore. They had a really flat first half. Not going to be able to do that against Kansas City, but they overcame it. And number two is, Kyle Shanahan's always wanted his quarterback to move a little. It's why they drafted Trey Lance. It's why he got frustrated with Jimmy Garoppolo. And then they found Brock Purdy, who could move and was accurate. And that mobility, that movement, plus Shanahan's schemes, once it gets rolling downhill, is tough to stop. Brock Purdy lacks a power arm. He's not real big. God, we saw drizzly weather give him fits a week ago. But that mobility was a factor. Shanahan's schemes always a factor. Those weapons, insane, all-time good. And Brock Purdy's ability to come from behind is no small feat. Now, five of his eight playoff quarters, be honest, he's been outplayed by Goff and Jordan Love badly. But, but, he has shown an ability to shake off a bad half, or a bad pass, or a bad drive. He doesn't sulk, and he doesn't melt, and that's a real thing. Now, will the Super Bowl end up looking like the last San Francisco-Kansas City Super Bowl, where the great town of San Francisco, a quarterback that's not elite, they lead, they control it, and then Mahomes makes it all pretty damn irrelevant and takes over the fourth quarter? I don't know, but make no mistake, the Niners earned this, and Brock Purdy was a huge. Brock Purdy was a huge part of it. That last San Francisco team was not as good as this Niner team offensively. That Niner team didn't have Christian McCaffrey, or Trent Williams, or Brandon Ayuk, and yes, I'll say it, they didn't have Brock Purdy. His mobility, his ability to shake off bad halves. He never melted. He never panicked. I watched the Lions panic. I watched Lamar Jackson panic. I watched Baltimore panic. Brock Purdy never did. 
not once. Had a bad throw, never rattled, never played frenetic football. It's not just arm, it's not just strength, it's not being the fastest or the most anything. So much of this position is the ability to forget the last series. Don't melt, don't get down on yourself, play to your strengths and make no mistake, not only did San Francisco outplay the Lions who melted, Brock Purdy was a huge part of this win. To make the NFL and make a Super Bowl as the final guy drafted is a grind. You walk into camp, you're kind of a running joke, right? They have like an award, a name, a term for the last guy drafted. And reportedly, it just didn't take that long to see he was a grown-up, he was a grinder, he gained his teammates' respect. There's a lot of things he's not, but something that he is, is a gamer. And that in this system, this gritty team, this physical club full of smart, savvy, tough veterans is a real thing, and I'm happy for him. You know I love Lamar. But I can also acknowledge that was not good. But um, I do feel, I, I think we have to be fair here. That felt like coaching malpractice. They completely abandoned their total identity. They run, they pound, they grind. This is what they do. Number one rushing team in the league by far. Until yesterday. They're running backs in Baltimore. I'm not making this up. Had six total carries they were they were never getting blown out they didn't have to abandon it the most they trailed by was 10 i mean san francisco was still giving the ball to mccaffrey and they were at one point down 24 to 10 should have been 27 to 10 but 24 to 10 until about seven minutes left it never felt like they had to throw and here's the funny thing the ravens went 0-4 with 25 or fewer rush attempts this year. 14 and one when they ran the ball a lot. Apparently there was a power outage or something or the fax machines don't work. That data was not available in Baltimore. Instead, you know what they became? They became the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen. Defensive coach, Harbaugh's defensive leaning. Hey, here's a cape, lead us. That's what they've been doing with Josh Allen. And finally this year with Josh Allen, they gave him help. And then against Kansas City, it was all on Josh Allen. And that's what it felt like yesterday. What about the tight end you liked? What about Gus Edwards? He'd been terrific. Instead, they asked Lamar to drop back 46 times. That's not Lamar at his best. It's closer to 26, 27. Even with quarterbacks, we like Dak Prescott. There's a line. Passes more than 35 times, you're not going to win games. And that's what's funny is they were never out of this game. This wasn't like San Francisco falling into a hole. And you're thinking, is this over? This never felt like it was over. You were just waiting for the Ravens to get untracked and go back to being what they were. And they completely abandoned. Like it's one thing to be Dan Campbell. You have sort of a vibe and a culture. This is how we play. But you do understand mostly that in the playoffs, got tightened up a little bit, a little less emotional. But I can still defend Dan Campbell because the Lions play with a chip and I love the chip. 
I don't even, I didn't even recognize Baltimore yesterday. This is a run team, number one in the league. It's one of the strangest three and a half hours of playoff football I have ever seen. I mean, they would be like San Francisco going into a game. Forget the second half. It'd be like the Niners saying, hey, listen, I know it's a big game and all, but let's switch it up and not pound the ball with McCaffrey and Debo and become a finesse offense. Again, it's not like they bailed on the run game in the second half late. They never ran the ball the whole game. Yes, Lamar Jackson melted down. Absolutely no question. But you know what? Josh Allen can melt down and make mistakes when you ask him to singularly lead the team. And I do think it now it is, as J-Mac mentioned earlier, the James Harden thing, it, I think it is fair, as much as it pains me to say it, um, it is fair to come to a reasonable conclusion. Now, it can change. Peyton Manning wasn't great in the playoffs already in his career, but it can change. But it's fair now to say, is Lamar built for elite defensive coordinators and pass rushes in January? I'm asking the same thing, and it pains me to say it. But from, from coaching to second-half mistakes, is it possible? Like Buffalo, Baltimore is just not built for this. They're not built to beat the coaching and the quarterbacking and the institutional knowledge of the Chiefs. We've all kind of felt like that with Buffalo. And then we watched it again with Buffalo this year. And we're all like abs absolutely sure of it now. Buffalo's not going to beat this Kansas City group. This was the year. Th they're not going to. They could beat everybody else. They're not going to beat these guys in a big game. And I didn't feel that with Baltimore. I felt like, okay, this is in Baltimore. Better defense, better special teams. This team's different. And then they weren't. And I think it's a reasonable opinion to have this morning is they may be stylistically coaching. They're not built to be Andy Reid Mahomes in January. Shout out to T. Shout out to T. Mike D is coming back in the studio. He's taking a little breather. Shout out to you, Mike D, if you're listening uh, to us this morning. We appreciate it. Uh, yeah, let's wrap this podcast up with the latest this topic of conversation. I mentioned the Breakfast Club and... Of course, Shaquille O'Neal, uh, they reported on The Breakfast Club that Shaquille O'Neal said that it's never okay to open up for a woman. Uh, open up to a woman, I'm sorry. Um, I kind of disagree. Uh, and I and I disagree lightly because obviously I've, you know, I got something going on. I don't know. I think there's nothing wrong with opening up to a woman. I don't. I, I, I feel that there's a point to where if you open up to a woman she really understands your values and i feel like with that you can kind of engage the conversation you can kind of understand each other and to me that just builds a better relationship i might be wrong couples out there if you're listening to the show and listening to us comment below if we're wrong we're wrong but i just gotta say I don't think so. I think that this this could this could really work if you open up for a, a woman. But before I give my critiques, though, Rocco, what do you think about this situation? I think men don't like to open up to women because 
and this is maybe based because obviously my my origin or origin is from australia so we've you know we've we're, we're told to not do that or as at least my family household oh there are australians out there listening saying i you might be different but i do think we are taught to never show our emotions to women because it might appear for us to be weak i remember when i met sierra when i met sierra you know i couldn't open up at first i couldn't give her my all i couldn't give her my all i couldn't give her how i felt at first because i didn't want to come off as weak but obviously years later you know we're dating and i'm more i'm more open to her than i have ever been and that to me again this is just my opinion kennedy this was something that was very very impactful i gotta say it worked it really got us closer we talked about some really great conversations we we talked a lot because i opened up and we expressed how each other how we filled and it just it turns out that it became our relationship became stronger right because now we became stronger our bond has become stronger she knows my weaknesses i know her weaknesses uh she knows the things that bugs the living shit out of me i know the things that bugs the living shit out of her because we are more open right our generation and uh, this might be a message to our generation because our generation is missing a whole heck of a lot of stuff our generation has to be willing to be comfortable to open up about how they feel when it comes to their relationship i think for us guys based off what what i what i've i've prone and i know us guys we are hiding our emotions and when we're hiding our emotions is never good and we just want to hit it and quit it right we want to date but we don't want to date we want to get into bed with this 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 girl but not really want what comes with it right the relationship the honesty the trustworthy part the loyalty part of it we don't want that hence why there's so many and i i've seen it here in atlanta so many bad relationships right because they're not open so um i think i don't think it makes us weak i think it makes us stronger i think it makes our bond stronger there's nothing wrong with it so i agree with you even though she killed nail he's a billionaire oh close to be well probably already a billionaire he rich right but i think there's nothing wrong with opening up i love opening up in sierra baby i love you if you're listening to the show this morning yeah i agree rocco i i've opened up to a lot of women some women i opened up to and they didn't care right they didn't care about the relationship they didn't care they just hey they were out right i had some bad relationships i've had um I don't think it makes you weak. I don't think it makes you at fault when you open up to a woman. Um, True story. When I went to go get my glasses. Now, this is not when I received my glasses. When I went to the eye exam, I saw this couple. They took their daughter to uh, obviously to get their her eyes checked. And I saw the stressfulness in his face wife gave him a whole attitude i thought it look i tried not laughing y'all but that that shit was funny right because it's something that you would see on a tv show but it's real life and it makes me wonder has he opened up how he felt about this his wife because i'm over here and shout out to, to lens crafters because it was lens crafters i went to 
husband. He looks like he makes a, some good money. He looks like a decent man, right? He's getting his eyes checked. His his daughter was there getting her eyes checked. And the wife comes in storming in attitude. And he went to go ask her a question and she just stormed off. And he looked as like he looked like he was embarrassed because we were all we all saw it, right? I looked the other way because I was gonna laugh, right? And I didn't want to get yelled at for laughing, but I turned I turned the complete other way <laughs> because I thought it was funny because it's just something you see in a TV show. But I felt the hurt in this man's heart and in his in his eyes. I'm that person to where you can really tell somebody's hurt or they're feeling something based off their eyes and their facial expressions, right? I can read the room and I read his face. I'm like, oh shit. He just got disrespected from his girl, his wife. And he was just like, all right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, sh-. see, that's the problem. When I have my girlfriend and she does something, first of all, I don't want to be embarrassed in front of the whole world like that. No, don't embarrass me in front of people. Because all disrespect goes out if you embarrass me in front of people. That's just, that's a big no-no for me. But I also say, make sure you're able to stick up for yourself. Stick up. Tell your person how you feel. Because if you don't tell somebody how you feel, they're going to think that it's okay. And they think that it's okay to you know be disrespected and they 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 don't they don't fix their relationship right i've learned to take that on um advice as well when it comes down to it because it's so important to express to your partner how you feel on something it's just it's just something that i just encourage a lot of relationships when it comes down to it and to answer that and this is the final verdict here of the show I don't think it's wrong for us guys and girls. It can go vice versa, but I'm speaking from a man point of view, I guess. There's nothing wrong with expressing your emotions, being open to a woman. Honestly, there are some women in this generation that don't like it. I've met girls who don't give a crap about emotion. They just, they just don't. And for guys out there, this is a message for guys who fall for these girls that don't care about how you excuse me, don't care about how you feel. And the girl thinks that you're weak and you're just so weak because you express your opinion or you're open up to me. Oh, he's a simp. Look, that may not be the girl for you. I don't want to sound like Steve Harvey on this show, but that may not be the girl for you. If she thinks that you are a simp because you expressed how you feel. Now, I'm just talking about relationships. I ain't talking about if you work for somebody, if you work for uh, somebody and you express your emotions, they think you're a simp. I ain't talking about that. That's another discussion for another podcast. I'm talking boyfriend and girlfriend, husband and wife. Hell, friends with benefits. If that person thinks you are a simp for opening up to you and how you feel about things, that's not the one for you. Right, I say to my guys, if you have it to wear, it's like that. That cat ain't that good. I want to say another word, but this is a PG show. The kitty cat ain't that good. And for all my women who guys would tell them that, yeah, you a simple open up to me. Dick ain't that good, right? 
if you're dating somebody with that type of attitude. That's just how I feel. That's just where I voice it. So to answer that question, yeah, I don't think you are weak for that. I don't. So I tried to play the music, but it didn't play. So, uh, yeah, we gonna we gonna get this music going eventually. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me re, re let me reset. You, you know these things do happen when you do something live and uh, when you're trying to get it out there. I don't know. Oh well, I know what the problem was. Daddy. <laughs> Whoopsies. Yeah, my volume was down on my phone. <laughs> I have not the, the podcaster uh, mixer. Uh, Bluetooth to my phone. But anyway, thank y'all for staying tuned for the podcast. KOP Aftermath. Rocco. Smone. T. It's been good, man. Thank y'all so much. Hey. Hey. This is Outcast Sleepy Brown. The way you move. Come on. This beat is like I say, thank y'all for staying tuned. Comment below. Do you think it is weak or do you think it's simpish to open up to a woman? Comment below. We want to hear from y'all. Uh, stay tuned later this week. We got more podcasting this week. Uh, thank y'all for staying tuned for this episode. Tonight, by the, time, by the time you hear the podcast, tonight we'll be back doing a live stream KLP After Party podcast. I love doing that show too, by the way. I really do. Rocco, it's been a pleasure, my man. We'll see you later on this week. Thank you for staying tuned. KLP Aftermath with your host, KLP Kennedy Lucas and Rocco Styles. We love y'all. Thank y'all so much. Hey, hey, hey. Timber! Take a deep breath and exhale. Your ex-mailfriend, boyfriend, was boring as hell. Well, let me leave. You can make moves like a person in jail. On the low All that way This beat is still. Ooh. Ooh, you want this beat, right? All right, y'all. We got to go. We rolling out of here this morning. But thank y'all so much. We love y'all. And we out. Swanky 93.3 and the Heat 94.6 brings back the hottest hip-hop radio show live from KLP Entertainment and KLP Studios. It's KLP Aftermath. Morning with your host, KLP Kennedy Lucas and Rocco Styles. You know what it is, put your hands up. Tune in now on any audio platform. Let's go.